It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. Good evening and welcome to Glover's Golden Oldies here on Three Valleys Radio. And tonight I'm really, really delighted to welcome Yeovil Born and Bred, Andy Lindigard. Today we've got with us uh, one of Yeovil's own, one of uh, uh, local lads who've made good and played for Yeovil Town, and that's of course is Andy Lindigard. How are you doing, Andy? Not bad, eh? Thanks good. for uh, inviting me on. No, no, you're welcome to come on because you are a unique few that have, uh, you know, born and bred in Yeovil, played for the local club, and, uh, you know, that's important, I think, to get a few people like that on so hence the thing so we're going to just talk about your career go through it a little bit you were born in 1980 in september in yeovil which is important um ah, no get it right i was actually born in taunton oh were you I believe ah well. yeah I was, born, I was too much premature you see so they couldn't have me in yeovil ah. so i was in taunton but you know trust you to be impatient and come and premature that's t- <laughs> typical isn't it eh? and but you started your, your youth career i mean with yeovil town but i mean who did you play for before that any, any of the youth sides around yeovil pen mill or any like Locally, um, yeah, so, well, I started playing football um, in Cubs football yeah. um, for Great Live Cubs or Great Live Scout Group, yeah. um, and then from there, started playing under 12 football, because um, that was the youngest we started back then, um, for 10 mil. Yeah, and football club and played pretty much all my youth football up until under 15s with 10 mil. Yeah, um, my dad was my dad was the manager, so he took us through. I was to under 15s, and then I moved to Westlands. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Sport played there um, under 16s, and then into their men's team that played in the Dorset Combination League. Um, they actually had a link up with um, the football club. Um, the old town at the time so started to mix in with a few of the reserve team players then um, and then moved to Yeovil in the youth team after that um, so through the youth team at Yeovil playing in the reserves as well and uh, eventually into the first team when Dave Webb took over actually no I tell a lie I was um, drafted into the first team for one game I think I made the squad for a game under Colin Lippier. Yeah. Um, didn't, didn't get on unfortunately can't remember what it was against now um, and then when Dave Webb came in um, took us well. The rest is history, I suppose. Yeah, I can remember the Dave Webb um, kind of revolution almost, wasn't it? Because you, Chris Wheel, uh, James Bent, uh, three that ring to mind. Is there, any, there was some more than that, yeah. I think, though, wasn't there? Who else was it? Uh, but you certainly all got drafted into the first team squad then, and we went professional, didn't we? You know, full time professional yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, Tonks so. was there as well, Anthony Tonkin. Tonks, so that's right. Yeah. Me, yeah. Me, Wheelie, Jalzy, um, James Bent, and. Tonks, I think Glenn yeah. Paul might have been yeah. around then as well. Yeah, yeah, I can remember Glenn. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, so I can remember that, and it was kind of a bit of a revolutionary suddenly going full time professional, wasn't it? I mean, and you know, you were there right well, yeah, at the start of it. Yeah, I mean, I was at college. Well, I had been at college, um, Yale College, um, in the academy with Stu Owsley, and that was part of a link up between the youth team and the college, um, hoping to get into or get into professional football in some way or form it wasn't really happening um, I left college to go and work at HSBC um, so I was working there and I worked I think, somewhere I think it was Marks and, Marks and Spencer's I was out doing uh, um, working and playing football for the reserves and then Dave Webb came in Yeah, and it was pretty much overnight that he decided we were going to go full time offered us all basically offered us all contracts I think when I made my debut away at Doncaster um remember that one yeah I expect you would you were, I was going to say that, yeah. that was that was your first proper full full first team game for Yeovil was it Doncaster away yeah yeah debut away at Doncaster um, at their old pitch Bellevue I think it was yeah yeah. I'll never forget running out of that um, running out of the tunnel there got a bit of abuse from the 
fans. That was uh, quite intimidating, but yeah, that oh. was my debut. I think we won that day as well. Yeah, oh, well, you didn't score nothing though. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'll never forget because um, I remember Tomo, uh, Steve Thompson was assistant manager. Yeah, and we'd all gone up, travelled up to Doncaster, and everyone was sat there waiting, wondering what the team was. Yeah. Dave Webb, no one had seen him since we got off the coach and we didn't know what was going on and everyone's asking Tomo what, what's the team and Tomo was like, I don't, I don't know, lads. <laughs> we're going to have to go out and get warmed up. Oh, so everybody so we went out. got warmed up. Yeah. yeah, we only found out the team about five minutes before we went out so obviously oh. it was something different whether that was um, Dave Webb just putting his influence on the team I don't know but yeah. Oh. It was um yeah that was my first team debut for your old town so I'll never forget it. He probably didn't want you all to get anxious and not you know get carried away before the game started. Whereas that way you were sort yeah, of probably. you know dumped straight in on it really. So well he had his own he had his own unique way. Yeah, um, Dave Webb he didn't really give too much detail on a team talk before the game. He just he'd come in say a few words and then he'd go around each individual player really and just yeah have a chat with them tell them what he's what he wanted them from them that day. Um, and that's the way he managed. I mean, it was different once we got full time because he did a lot more work on the training ground. Um, and Dave Webb was always there, yeah. always involved. Um, but yeah, that, that first game was a little bit strange. But yeah, something I'll never forget. Time for some music now. And Andy's first choice for the program is "The Best of You" by the Foo Fighters. I've got another confession to make. the best. 
popular band there the Foo Fighters and the best of you so you know you'd had your first game at Doncaster um obviously Dave Webb was the manager but he wasn't there that long as manager was he no I think he was there for well nearly the whole of the of that next season and um, we were flying high actually at the top of the league yeah if I remember rightly and I'm sure the fans were but it was us and Rushton and Diamonds um pushing for promotion and um, we've been top of the league for the majority of the year um and then I think South End came calling for Dave Webb. That's right, yeah. I forget that day when he came in and just told us all after a game we, we'd been losing, I think. I can't remember who it was against, but we'd been losing at half-time. He came in and gave us a bit of a rocket at half-time. Um, we went out and I think we won the game 4-3 or 4-2 or something. Came in absolutely buzzing. Um, and then Dave Webb just stood there and said, right, cheers, lads, that's my last game. Literally, those few words. And um, I remember Darren Wade couldn't believe it. He sat there going, I'm going to laugh, Gaffer. You're like, you're the only manager that's ever given me a chance. You know, so that that was exactly what he said. And Dave Webb just went, cheers, lads. Shook all our hands and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like Dave Webb, all right. I, 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 remember, <laughs> I remember a story about Dave Webb when I was doing the, the newspapers in Yeovil. And before I'd started to work at Yeovil Town, it was not long, not long before. And um, there was a story that Tony Pennock was leaving the club and going to Barry Town, I think it was. And I, I spoke to Tony about it, and he said, yeah, that's right, I'm going to... So we did a story in the Clarion about it. You see, Pennock on his way to Barry Town. Went to a press conference, David Webb's there, and he says, uh, where'd you get that from? So he said... Uh, you didn't get that from me? I said, no, I got it from Tony Pennock, actually. So he sort of kind of took the wind right out of his nose because he was about to really give me a, a real pasting, I could tell, you know. So he, oh, all right then. <laughs> he sort of carried on. It was quite funny at the time. But he, he was quite a sort of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite a, a, a formidable sort of bloke to come up against, wasn't he? Oh, most definitely. Um, old school is the way I describe him. Yeah. Um, but um, great man manager, I found. Yeah. Um, Everyone was scared of him, don't get me wrong. I mean, at, at training, he'd turn up in the, um, I think it was his Jag, I think he used to drive in, because he'd come in from Bournemouth is where he'd probably yeah. be coming in from. We, used to, we were training at Yeovilton at the time. And I'll never forget it, Tomo would be doing the warm-up. We'd all be going around for a run. As soon as Gaffer drove in, stone-cold silence. <laughs> um, now, everyone had pure respect for him, because of who he was and his persona. But, um, yeah, scared of him is what I would probably say it. Mm. Um, but... You know, full respect. I tell you what, you're bloody good at five aside. Yeah. Um, always have a five aside on a Friday, always, um, and he'd always join in. Um, really? Yeah. Considering, you got to remember, he was a centre half, wasn't he? For yeah. Yeah. He'd, he'd always play up front in the five sides, and you know, you know, most nine times out of ten, his team will win as well. So. Well, you'd let yeah. him win. You he, mean. Always, he always <laughs> used to train. He used to train with a big gold chain on. Yeah. His neck, 
yeah. um, obviously t-shirt, shorts, pair of Copa, Adidas, football boots, and no socks. Proper <laughs> <laughs> panda. Because he was, um, I remember a time when he was there. Uh, well, there were two two sort of instances with David Webb that I got involved really. One was um, there, there was an awful lot of talk. You know, the, you remember the Cray brothers? Do you remember the Cray brothers? Or is it too yeah, early yeah. for you? Yeah. Well. He, went, mean, he was at the funeral, wasn't he? Yeah, he went to one of the, the funeral, of course. Everyone was God, bloody heck, David Webb went to a funeral of one of the Cray brothers, you know. <laughs> so everybody was like, my God, you know, what's going on there? <laughs> and then another time I got dragged into the uh, into the showers by Mr. Patmore and yeah. uh, got got soaking wet, especially in my fleece. Anyway, we got got straight out and went off in to do a, a press conference and in his office, uh, and I stood yeah. there, like, and he could hear this dripping, he said, can you hear this dripping? There's something dripping in here. Well, of course, it was my coat dripping on the floor, wasn't it? So everybody stood him. No, I can't hear it. I think you know. But you're right. He did have that effect on people, really. But whenever I speak to him since then, not that I do it very often at all, but he always, you know, oh, there, my love. God bless. God bless. He goes. <laughs> his typical Cockney accent, you know, is brilliant, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so, well, it, I it was the artist. I won pre-season with Dave Webb. It was the hardest pre-season of my career. Was it? Um, yeah. Old school, but pro- a proper good, hard pre-season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anyone... We, we, used to, we went up the hills at Nine Springs. We were around the athletics track down at Yeovilton. Yeah. Um, if you speak to any of the players that were there that time, they'll, they'll, they would have never forgot that pre-season, trust me. <laughs> Brilliant. Trust me. Brilliant. More music now. This time it's Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran. I was six years old, I broke my leg I was running from my brother and his friends And tasted the sweet perfume of the mountain grass I rolled down I was younger then Take me back to when I found my heart Broke it here, made friends and lost them through the years And I've not seen the boring fields in so long I know I've grown, but I can't wait to go home old and smoking and rolled cigarettes Running from the law through the backfields and getting drunk with my friends Had my first kiss on a Friday night I don't reckon that I did it right But I was younger then Take me back to when we found Weekend jobs when we got paid We'd buy cheap spirits and drink them straight Me and my friends have not thrown up in so long Oh how we've grown But I can't wait to go home I'm on my way Driving at night 
sell clothes and one works down by the coast one had two kids but lives alone one's brother overdosed one's already on his second wife one's just barely getting by but these people raised me and i can't wait to go home and i'm on my way i still remember these old country lanes when we did not know the answers and i missed the way Ed Shearer there and Castle on the Hill. Um, so, so that was that was David. Who came in after David Webb? I can't remember. Uh, Tomo for a bit, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was oh, he was at Harrisburg. What was his name? Oh, Colin Addison. Colin Addison, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, uh, I can understand oh. Colin Addison being totally different to David Webb. Would I be right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally different. Yeah, yeah. still old school. Obviously, he was still old school, but. A little bit more. I'm trying to remember that he was trying. It was a difficult period for him because we were top of the league, weren't we? And he was on a hide into nothing, whatever. Happened. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No yeah. win, no but win he, situation. But he was very laid back, Colin, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I can remember that. But I mean, of course, I can also remember at the, at the end we 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 lost out, didn't we, to uh, Rushton and Diamonds in the end, and he got sacked, didn't he? Yeah, I remember that. The day, well, he told us he was leaving the day before the last game. Yeah. Um, at training on the Friday, um, and we were obviously disappointed because we knew we'd missed out because that was back in the day when only one team went up hmm. from the conference. Um, so, and we've been top most of the season. Um, so he pretty much came in and was just trying to keep us going. Um, so. It, it was disappointing um, and unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, um, nice. He was, he was, he was funny. Yeah, he was a good bloke. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, because I did a long, I did one of these with him, and and it was really interesting. And you know, he he he'd been around for sure, and he he mixed with all the best of them. That's for you know, Ron Atkinson and assistant manager yeah. him, and all over the place. Really, Colin was. But um, I but you, play, were... I remember playing around. I remember playing around a golf with him because uh, yeah. he liked his golf. Um, and <laughs> I remember taking my shot before I should have once, and yeah. the stare he gave me. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. I've never taken a shot out of place ever again. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So w- w- when you say you took your shot early, was that because you were you were um, further back and he was further in front? That's how it works, isn't it, usually? No, I was in front of, I was in front of him. I just walked up to my ball and hit it. All right. And didn't realise the etiquette yeah. properly. Uh, well, I didn't realise it was that serious a game, to be honest. We were just... Uh, messing around but uh-huh. yeah he obviously thought it was though <laughs> yeah well yeah he t- took it really seriously I think it was me Tomo well Tomo and Colin were the the pair and I was the one that got through the short stall out the lads so I had to go around with the gaffer yeah yeah so 
Great. Yeah. Those were the days, <laughs> Lindy. Those were the days, mate. Um, but, I mean, you were there from 1999 to 2007 for that spell. Played 153 games, according to Wikipedia, which I'm told is always wrong, but um, that's what they reckon you did anyway. Does that sound probably about... Another 150, probably another 153 reserve games as well. Yeah, yeah. But you got 11 goals during that spell. But, I mean, after Colin Addison, who, who, was, who was next along the line? I'm just trying to work it out. Was that Gary? Yeah, that was Gary Thompson came in. Yeah. Um, I remember because I was out of contract at the end of um, the season that Tom Madison left. Um, and was left in a bit limbo, to be fair, because I didn't have a manager. Yeah. Um, contract was up at the end of the season. And that was the end of my first year as a professional. So right. didn't really know what was going on. Had no experience of it. Didn't have an agent or anything at the time. Yeah. Because we were still in non-league football. So I was in um, contact with John Fudd actually through the whole summer right? trying to find out what was going on yeah. um, I had a couple of meetings with him through the summer I remember being in one meeting with him um, at the football club and he was on the phone to various I remember this one, uh, a famous um, well quite a famous manager rang him up whilst I was in the meeting with him so yeah, can't yeah. give away names but I remember thinking oh, well, yeah, if he's coming in oh. that'd be alright and then two days later Gary Johnson that who nobody oh, heard of, not really. Of, no, no, no. That's right. Um, but, but as yeah, it turned out, what a signing he turned out to be, though. Yeah, not a bad signing, was it? No, no, <laughs> absolutely, you know. Um, so did you go on any of the trips to Latvia when we went over on tour? I expect you did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, on every trip to Latvia. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. they, they were something to tell us a few tales about, weren't they, really? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember going on the first one. In fact, you probably got a story from the first one, because I remember you saying, it's the biggest dressing down you've ever had anyone get. <laughs> oh, what you mean going out for a drink with Carl Orford? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that, yeah. But it wasn't so much a dressing no, down, remember, it was... I remember when we went, from a football perspective, we yeah. went over to Latvia, and bearing in mind we'd been playing, well, we were a non-league side, and yeah. we went over and played our first game of the tour was against Scontariga. That's right, we'd yeah. We'd been playing in the Champions League. yeah. And we were playing against international players, Georgian international players, Latvian internationals, and, oh, oh my God, that was an eye-opener, that was, that day. Yeah. Now, do you remember we went training on the beach at a place called Jumala, I think it was called? Um, yeah, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's where, that's where I got my, as you called it, my dressing down. But it, it, it was just, <laughs> it was just, he said, Aid, he said, you know, you, you, haven't, you haven't been doing this job that long, but he said, it's not really the done thing to go out with the players drinking. So, oh, okay, then go. He said, but don't worry about it. He said, you, you weren't to know, you know. Thought, yeah, but it was the, the way he did it, the message got through, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Right, and his next choice of music is, of course, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Night, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive.
Mercury and Queen there, and don't stop me now. Right, so um, we're over in Latvia now. So when you, you you went out on loan a couple of occasions to Weymouth for a while and Crawley mm-hmm. Town, um, mm-hmm. but then then when you actually finally left Yeovil, um, tell me about that. Why why did you leave? I and mean, was it just that they didn't offer you a contract, or was it more to it than that? Oh, so um, yeah, when I left, we're moving forward a few years now, H. After that. After Gary Johnson, but yeah, we um we just finished the playoff final actually, yeah. um, where we lost to Blackpool. Yeah, um, but I played them actually. I'd, in fact, for the second half of that season, I'd been pretty much regular um, in at right back. Um, beginning half of the season, I pulled me pulled me going, but um, I managed to get in for the end of the season. Um, well, that was Russell Slade, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was under Russell Slade. Yeah. Um, so I was out of contract at the end of the season, and I kind of had an inkling that I wasn't going to get off of the contract, right? Uh, because no one had mentioned anything to me. Club hadn't spoken to me at all, mm. um, all the way through, um, to the point where after the game at Wembley, um, I was walking around shaking everybody's hands saying, cheers, lads, pleasure <laughs> to play with you, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Skiller thought I was messing around, um, but I kind of had an inclination. Yeah. Um, and then the following, I'd say the following day, so the, the, I think the third final was on the Sunday. Sunday it was, I think, day, yeah, yeah. On Sunday. Um, we got back Sunday night um, and we got all the players out of contract were called into the club they could get told what was happening yeah. um, and there's a, there a number of us there's a number of young lads um, obviously I was a senior pro at the time been there a long time um, and sat there waiting all day um, 
to be called in, and I was <laughs> I was unfortunately the last one to be called in. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've had chat with Rocket Slade and some Sorry about that noise. It's my phone that. going off. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I've had chat with Russell Slade and Tomo um, to be told that yeah they weren't gonna weren't gonna renew my contract. So yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. Would have liked to have been told a little bit sooner. Um, Must no, have been I difficult. I would have thought, you know, playing, you know, go, you know, you said you, nothing was said sort of during the season, but you had an inkling, and that, that must have been pretty off-putting. Really, sort of week after week goes by, nobody says anything, and then you get this ultimate put down at the end. Well, sorry, Andy, we're going to let you go, kind of thing. That must have been uh, difficult to cope with. But I would have thought. Well, yeah, in a way, but in, in the whole eight years that I was there as as a pro. I had eight one-year contracts, so yeah. um, I'd never had anything longer than a one-year contract at Yeovil, so it wasn't unusual to me. Um, but I kind of knew the writing was on the wall just because of the feeling that I'd got from it. Um, but, you know, not bad way to go out, playing for your home club at Wembley, their first ever appearance at Wembley. So mm. um, it was, it was, you know, it closed the chapter. So, uh, so I was a little bit disappointed at the end, but, you know, that's how, that's how it goes in football. Well, I suppose that's right. But looking back on that first period at Yeovil then, 153 games or whatever, um, what were the high spots? Well, there's obviously so many to uh, think about. We had a couple of promotions in that time. We had the, the first one, I suppose, would have been the playoff final Yeah. Um, against Stevenage. Oh, you mean the FA Trophy? um, FA Trophy final against Stevenage at at Villa Park. That was the first real um, big achievement. Yeah. Um, We had various FA Cup games before that and after that that you always, you know, put down as big, big games. I remember we played Bolton. You probably went to that one. Played Bolton Wanderers away in the FA Cup. That's right, yeah. Um, I think Warren Patman was playing that day as well. Yeah, we we were. Um, I always felt cheated out of that game when, uh, was it Michael Ricketts scored that late goal? I think yeah, it was, I think yeah. it was Michael Ricketts. That was a good game for us. Yeah. Well, actually, going back on that FA Cup games, I suppose the first big game was Blackpool away when we won, when yeah. we beat them live on Sky. Remember that? That's one? right. Yeah, I do. I didn't go to that one though, but I watched it at the cricket ground. We had a we rigged up a Sky sort of system up there and watched it because yeah, Nick Crittenden. That's the right. Win, yeah, he? he did. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I played. That. I remember. I, got, I came off. I got subbed with about ten fifteen minutes ago, and I just sat there and said to the lads, "I went when the final whistle goes, I'm just going to go and run over and." Uh, Celebrate with Crips. Yeah. What was that? I said, well, let's just see. So I went over, celebrating with him. Of course, the next day, there was me and him on the back page of all the national newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> he was taking all the glory. I thought, I'm not getting away. I'm not letting him get away with this. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, the other, any away, others? Yeah. You know, the other ones. So, FA Cup games, we had um, Charlton away. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, I remember that. that. Game. Yeah. Um, obviously, the promotion wins were fantastic. Um, did you did you play one game in? I'll never forget. Yeah, go on. Yeah, one game I'll never forget is the year we missed out on promotion um, when we played up at Lincoln away last yeah, in the season. I, when, I remember that. Yeah, we we were trying to. Was it goal difference in the end? We lost out on it. Wasn't much yeah. in it, was it? No, it was a weird sensation when you do, it's out of your hands and you're waiting to hear what results are going on elsewhere. And you know, the crowd was saying one thing, the bench was saying that's another thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it crazy. Yeah, um, but. That was a weird sensation. And um, obviously the playoff final, that was a big game as well. Did you play in the game against Chester, which confirmed us into the Football League? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, and what, I played in the first game in the Football League as well. Which what, was, Rochdale? Who was that again? 
Rochdale. Yeah, yeah. Day. yeah. I think that was the hottest day I ever played in football. That's right, it was. I remember it well, very well. Absolutely yeah. roasted. Yeah, it was. More music now. This time is Green Day and Good Rin. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life But in the end it's right I hope you had the time of your life It's something unpredictable But in the end it's right I hope you had the time of your life Good rins there by Green Day. Anyway, we, we've kind of gone around about uh, around about way, really, but you ended up leaving Yeovil and going to Cheltenham in 2007, yeah? Yep, that's correct. And who was your manager there? Um, John Ward was manager when oh, I signed for Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he wasn't there that long. He, I think he left after three months of the season. You must have this um, effect so on people, a, then. Yeah, it was a bit of a tricky period, that was. Yeah. We, I, think we had another, I think we had three... Well, four man- three managers in the space of two years when oh, I was there. So. Yeah. So, any any sort of memorable occasions at Cheltenham that really stick out in your mind? Um, let me think. Well, the three managers I played under, so John Ward was totally different to Gary Johnson. In fact, it was um, an alien concept to me. I remember we played Huddersfield away for Cheltenham, um, and we were having an absolute stinker in the first half. Um, I think we, were, I think it was nil nil still, but we could have been three or four nil down. And I'm coming in. Half time, expecting to get um, an absolute dressing down, because um, that was what I was used to. That was the way Gary was to drive his players for Gary Johnson yeah. and Russell Slade, I suppose. I remember sitting down in the change room and oh, um, John Moore just sat there looking at us, going, "My oh, lads, can't do any worse than that, can we?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, 
But yeah, this is weird. I don't know how to, how to deal with this one. Yeah. I don't know what happened when the game she won in the end. So that was um, his man management was different class, actually, John Ward. Mm-hmm. Totally different to anything I'd had. Um, the other manager, second manager was um, Keith Downing, who's actually now the under... I think under 21s or under 19s England manager. Right. Um, best coach I ever worked for. Fantastic coach. Yeah. Um, just was a, it was just the wrong time, I think, for him to be in management. Um, and then the third manager was um, Martin Allen. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a bit of a character himself, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally different. Um, he's been really dog to training. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, t- talking <laughs> about Gary Johnson, just just going back on it, I, mean, I remember you were talking about sort of styles of managers. And I remember one occasion when we were in Latvia, I think it was the last game of the tour. I can't remember the name of the team yeah. we played. Was it Alder? Something like that? Um, anyway, um, I was there as usual, taking pictures of whatever, doing what you do. And uh, Gary, we, we, I think we lost the game 3 1 from memory. Um, or it might have been three now. I can't remember. That. It was one of the two. Anyway, I was sort of hovering afterwards. We we sort of came off the pitch as you do, you know, heading for the dressing rooms. And Gary said to me, he "said Are you coming in or what?" Then so because I didn't normally come into the dressing room afterwards. I mean, it was you know almost taboo for the press officer to go lurking around the dressing rooms. <laughs> so I said, "Well, what if you like, yeah, okay." So so I, I went in and um, basically sort of stood in the corner and he absolutely laid into you and I thought Jesus it's only a bloody friendly game a first or third game on tour and he absolutely crucified you and I thought how can you sit there and take that Andy you want to go up and smack him one do you remember that yeah I remember it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well I had a few like that to be fair um, <laughs> so I think Gary would pick individuals and he'd know the individuals that would react from know how they would react from um yeah. Yeah. Dressing down like that or talking to some some you'd have to put your arm around, some you wouldn't. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying I really appreciated it much at the time. No. Um but since since retiring and when I look back at it, um, you know, mm. he was the best manager I ever worked under. I wouldn't say I liked it all the time at the time, but it's the one I've always referred to more yeah. um since leaving football, since going into um management myself. Not football management, but in a management position, mm. a lot of the things I look back on, I mean, yeah, well, there's no doubt man management is a very, very difficult thing to be good at it, that's for sure. I certainly wasn't um, when I, you know, ran my <laughs> businesses and that. It's just, it, you know, you're either good at it or you're not, and in my case, I wasn't. Yeah. So, um, there you go. I, I, I was sort of, my mother always used to say, don't get too friendly with people because, you know, if they work for you, because you've got to, sometimes you've got to really lay into them. And it's very true, if you're no, friendly with them, or you can't lay into them, can you, very easily. No. Um, no. But there we go. So, so, um, Cheltenham, one small loan spell at Aldershot, and then back to Oval. Now, that was that was a, a relatively short affair, but um, you know you must have been pleased to be back at your hometown club, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, um, things had unfortunately when I left Cheltenham, um, things were a bit difficult. I'd been offered a contract on Cheltenham um, and was ready to sign it. The PFA had negotiated it all for me um, and went in to sign it, and they take it. They took it away. Didn't didn't um, didn't offer it to me, so I was kind of left a little bit in limbo yeah um so um throughout that summer we'd got relegated and um, Cheltenham had mm. and bear in mind I'd been out on loan for most of the season because Martin Allen had come in and was bringing in his own players mm. um, and we sent a handful of us out on loan um, and then when it got to a point where it looked like they were going to get relegated he called all the loan players back and we had to then deal with the relegation so um, trying to find the club was difficult at the time and um, I think Skibbo and Jonesy were in charge at Yeovil um, when I came back and so two good friends of mine um, and yeah Skibbo was doing me a favour um, I think you know he needed someone to come in and help out 
um, because one of the, I think one of the fullbacks he had at the time was struggling with an injury, so mm. yeah, signed me on a six-month contract. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it was going to be a full-time, um, a long-term deal, but yeah, came, you know, it was it was very handy for me at the time. But yeah. I should come back to the home club, but I wasn't expecting it, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm. Short-term contract, though, it was. And then you went down to Truro City for um, a while. Well, certainly seven games, according to this. Uh, what was it like down there? Yeah. Um, well, that was a bit interesting. Um, yeah, you heard about, you know, you've heard hear stories of people being paid, um, you know, brown yeah. paper bag, jobby. Yeah. Um, I, was getting ca- I was getting cash in hand. Tom was manager there at the time, Steve Thompson. So, um, yeah, it, it was attractive. I, I was in a position where I needed, yeah. I needed to get some money in. Um, and there was a long way to travel. Have you ever been to Truro? It is yes, I have, yeah, um, yeah. So I was, I was coming down from Cheltenham to Truro. Luckily, I didn't have to train. Tom Rose had just come up, come down for games. So, yeah, it was interesting. I think they had um, chairman there who was quite renowned. He was a bit of a businessman. Um, so he was throwing a bit of money at it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how, what, how well that lasted. But, yeah, the, when it, the way it finished at Yeovil, it was quite disappointing. I was struggling with injury. Um towards the end specific, well, especially during Christmas period where I couldn't train two days on the spin I was having trouble with my Achilles mm. um, and I told Skibber that um, he wanted to offer me um, an extension and keep me but um, the money that was being offered wasn't necessarily best um, my wife was pregnant and expecting our first child at the time as well so um, at the end of the day I couldn't train two days and on the spin and I just decided you know now I needed to be nearer to home yeah, that was out finished, and that was probably my last. Well, that turned out to be my last. Um, yeah, for all as professional footballer. The right time for our last musical track, and it's Mr. Brightside from the Killers.
Mr. Brightside there from the Killers. So your last game as a professional player playing for uh, for Truro City. Um, what became of you then? What are you doing with yourself now? Or what, you know, what have you been doing since then? Well, it's been a bit up and down, to be honest, um, since finishing. Yeah. Um, when I um, left the Oval and uh, played a few games for Truro, um, I came out of the game and um, I set up, my own, set up my own business. I wanted to be, um, wanted to have my own business, wanted to be the, the next big thing. And went into it, had no idea what I was doing. Never done it before in my life. Um, ran business for four years, five years, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, just ran out of time to be perfectly honest. Business partner moved away. Um, so I was left on my own to, uh, to try and make things work. Unfortunately, it didn't. Um, so that went, you know, that went to bed. Um, I had three kids in the meantime. Um, got three boys now, which was fantastic, but needed something to bring or pay the mortgage. So for the past seven years, I've been working, um, for a wine company selling wine, which, um, you know, a bit of a, something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still there doing um, that, are you? I am at the moment, but... Yeah. Um, for the past five years, I've been, I say five years, I've graduated from university two years ago with a master's All right, yeah. degree. Yeah. Um, so um, I've got a master's in sports strength and conditioning. Yeah. Graduated with distinction, which yes. I was uh, pretty chuffed about. Yeah, I'm sure um, you were. And yeah, so I've got a few letters after my name now, which yeah. I thought few, well, right, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, now looking into um, getting changed my career path looking to get into sports science uh, strength and conditioning in fact I was waiting to hear back on um, some news about a job um, well a couple of weeks ago but now the old coronavirus has hit yeah everywhere yeah. it's all gone a little bit quiet for the time being but, yeah um, no, my son was in a very similar situation he was he was getting lined up for a new job and they've put it on hold all of a sudden which is really annoying but there yeah. you go I suppose you can't blame people it's a, it's a unreal situation we're faced with and we've never been faced with it before so you know I guess it's uh, par for the course isn't it no, really? well, well it is but one thing I can say is it turns out everyone all of a sudden wants to order wine which has been quite good for our Business. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it has. Well, they've got nothing else to do and <laughs> just get bad at I suppose. <laughs> it can't be too bad. But, uh, so, but I mean, obviously, the, so the, from your perspective then, the future is going to be strengthening and conditioning type of jobs, is it? Sports science, yeah, put it that way. probably. Sport, it, it will be sports science, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my area of expertise now. Um, so, that, and funnily enough, that was what I set my business up when I left Yeovil, but... Um, yeah. Without the experience, without the understanding, um, I've gone to university now. I've got got the knowledge we need. It's now just um, getting into place. Um, it was an investment in my future, I suppose, to invest in the family at yeah. the university, um, which was an eye opener. Um, but and it was quite tough actually. But it was a really big achievement actually to have. Well, yeah, um, master's with distinction. Yeah. I should think is very uh, worthwhile. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, the certificate hangs on the wall next to my uh, um, league winners' medals. So yeah. Anyway. So do you think? Um, yeah. Do you think uh, this sports science will? You know, you might drift back into football in, in a different vein, as it were. I don't know is the honest answer to that um, because I'll be honest, football and sports science. You know, football's a little bit behind at the moment. Whilst the Premier League and you know, the Championship, you see everyone investing in. <laughs> Um, modern technology everyone's got sports scientists everyone's got strength and conditioning coaches yeah. the mindset of football um, is taking longer um, to come round to it in fact I remember I remember speaking to I don't know if it was Skibbo or 
um, Simon Baker, who's the, who's the physio at Yeovil, when I left because I was pitching strength and conditioning as an option. Yeah. And they, the, 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 what came back to me was that that's a luxury, Lindy. Um, that's a luxury to us. We, we, we'd rather have a physio or another coach rather than a strength and conditioning coach. So mm. I'm sure in the next five, ten years it will be, and it should be, um, an important role in every professional team. Um, and it's starting to come through now. But I've got, you know, I'm looking at more general population stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And you'll see at the moment, everyone needs a bit of strength and conditioning, whether it's just, an, you know, full standard exercise, prescription, yeah. or um, just some guidance. So the big thing with the kids at the moment as well, I don't know if any of you guys or listeners would have seen Joe Wicks on the telly doing PE for kids. Oh, I'm sure um, they have. Definitely, yeah, definitely yeah. element there to get in with kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Lots of opportunities, but we'll see. Well, I suppose you never know. I mean, football, the whole world could be so totally different when this all dies to death and, and we're back to some sort of sense of normality. Who knows? I mean, there's talk in the papers all the time that football's going to have to re reinvent itself from the point of view of the money that's sloshing around in it. So you never know, do you? No, you know, I mean, yeah. I do. In fact, I'm, I coach my boys, both my boys' football teams, so they're 8 and 10. So I'm, I'm involved in football. Yeah. Yeah, albeit at grassroots level um, in terms of getting back into professional football I'm not sure because of the time that, you know the time and you know you, you're, you're away all weekends and it's just not conducive I don't think for family life mm. at the stage of life that I'm at now you know I don't know at the right time before kids yeah um, so so have you um, have you seen any signs in your your three offsprings of being uh, carrying on the Lindigard uh, football name Oh, no idea whatsoever. No. Um, they're still too young, don't you? My, my eldest, Max, he's only 10, and yeah. he's got a few tricks in his bag, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other two are a little bit too young at the moment. But yeah. I'm just enjoying going out and um, and, and coaching and being involved. It's, um, it's, it, cause I lost, I'll be honest, I did lose a little bit of love when I finished playing football. Mm. Um, it's, different, you know, it's, it's well documented what it's like for players when they retire. Um, yeah. So it was... It was tough. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I reckon for the first two or three years, I didn't even watch a game of football, didn't want to. Mm. Um, but, you know, now the kids come along, get back into it. Yeah. Um, um, and it just really, really likes that fire, I suppose, which is good. Well, uh, but it's a whole different outlook on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you've still got that love for Man United, I know, because I saw you at the game there that time. That's the last time <laughs> I saw you, I think. We bumped into in the, in the crowd. Wait, I think you got me a ticket, didn't you? Did I? Oh, I might have done. That was good of me, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, but, all, but look, all my boys support Man United, and we got some friends. Uh, we've got, yeah, there's still that right. My brother sports, brother sports Liverpool, my other one sports Man United, yeah. yeah. Definitely big football fans. It just took a while to... Yeah. Come back round to, I still follow all the scores, still still look at the Oval results. Yeah. Um still look at the Cheltenham results I suppose as well, so I live in that there as well. I've been um, I don't live too far away from Forest Green. Oh right. I've yeah. been to watch a few Forest Green games over the last couple of years. In fact I went and watched Swindon play. Swindon played Grimsby the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Max. Um so I'm I'm not far away from um, you know, league football, which is good. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's a bit frustrating watching sometimes because the mentality of football's changed a little bit now from when I played. Yeah, quite. I think. Well, look, Andy, that is brilliant, mate. Thank you ever so much for, for um, you know, letting us know all the ins and outs of your career. I'm sure the listeners will enjoy it. Um, and as I say, you know, <laughs> I think it's important to, to remember you're a Yeovil lad 
and you played for your local team and you made good and I think that's that's commendable and now you've you've you know you've got an honours degree you've got letters after your name so you know that can't be a bad little story I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> Cheers, H. Well, that was local lad Andy Lindigard on Three Valleys Radio's Glover's Oldies series. Make sure you stay listening to Three Valleys Radio. It's time for Glover's Golden Oldies. A look back at some of the Glover's heroes from recent years. a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you found a friend Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace So beautiful 